Hello everyone, this is One Narrowgate Podcast. This is part two of a series called Salvation. It's a salvation series. And if you want to know what that means, if you want more explanation, I'm not going to spend too much time in an introduction right now. I recommend that you listen to the introduction and part one. So this is part two. Part one tells you how to escape hell and go to heaven through Jesus. And this part two is going to start kind of what I call a salvation safari series, a a safari on what it looks like, what it looked like in the beginning, in the ancient eyewitness accounts of people who actually turned to Jesus to be saved. They believed in Jesus for real and what that looked like. Now, I'll tell you one thing. One of the main points of this podcast is to think critically about a modern strategy and technique for determining whether or not somebody is saved by Jesus. And that technique is using what's called the sinner's prayer. It's kind of a, a statement that you say, that you repeat after a spiritual leader. And then the, after you've repeated it, and if you've really meant it, then the spiritual leader says, you are saved, you're going to heaven, welcome to the family, congratulations, I'm proud of you, all that kind of, all that kind of stuff. So then, now here's the interesting thing about it. You don't see the sinner's prayer in the Bible. And the Bible is a source of understanding how you get saved by Jesus and how you escape hell and go to heaven when you die. So since the sinner's prayer is not in the Bible at all, the question is, why are we using it today? Um, But we're not going to answer that in this podcast. It's a good question. But then what this podcast series is going to answer is, well, what does it look like when people turn to Jesus to be saved? How did that look like for them if they didn't pray the sinner's prayer? Well, we're going to go into that today. The, the first one I'm going to talk about is uh, when Jesus was still doing his ministry on the earth and he was going around healing a lot of people and teaching them about the kingdom of God and what it, what it means to follow Jesus and how to turn one's heart towards God and away from sin. Now, while he was preaching inside of a house, and we're going to start right up in this book of called Mark, Mark of the Bible. It's Mark chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. So, and then they came these four men, then these men came bringing to Jesus a paralytic carried by four men. This guy was paralyzed. Being unable to get to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above Jesus in the house, and then they had, when they had dug an opening, they let down the pallet on which the paralytic was lying. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Wow, that's amazing. Now listen, this man, this paralyzed man, let me recap this. This paralyzed man had friends that that all of them, all five of them, four men carrying this one paralytic man, they were so desperate to get to Jesus, they dug a hole in a roof where Jesus was staying, in the home Jesus was staying, and they lowered him down right in front of Jesus. They're like, we can't get to him because of this crowd. We're going to drop this man from the sky, basically, to get to Jesus, to be right in front of Jesus. And Jesus saw their faith. And said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. So did this man have to pray the sinner's prayer? No, he didn't have to do, he didn't have to say anything. In reality, he didn't have to do anything. He had people do that for them. They had people make him go to Jesus. And as a result, this man was saved by Jesus. Now, listen, it's interesting to think about, to look at this situation, because Jesus had not died on the cross. The penalty was not paid for sins yet. However, Jesus looked at the man and looked at the the love that his friends had for this man and said, son, your sins are forgiven. You're forgiven. Why? Why? 
Well, this man was obviously desperate to get to Jesus. He saw Jesus as the only way. And people, people suspect, including um, one of the great teachers out there named John MacArthur, but many people, many Christians on reading this text agree that maybe this man was paralyzed because of his sins. It was just a natural consequence. Whatever he was doing resulted in him being paralyzed. That's a possibility uh, and a good probability, I would say, too. And as a, re- as a result, he's like, you know what? I need to get to Jesus either way. I need to have my sins forgiven. You know, he didn't have to say anything. Jesus could see this man's heart and say, this man doesn't just want to be healed. This man wants me and this man wants salvation. So Jesus gave that to him first and foremost because the man had the right heart. Isn't that interesting? He didn't have to pray a prayer. He didn't have to say anything. He just had to get to Jesus. And Jesus said, you've come to me. That's the point. I am the point, says Jesus in a way. Like, I'm the point. I, I forgive your sins. Now, it's interesting because there were some teachers of the law um, who were uh, opposed to Jesus during his ministry who, who asked, asked among themselves, they said, who can, only, who can forgive sins but only God? Well, it's funny because Jesus is God manifested as man. And so Jesus said, well, uh, why are you saying this in your hearts? Jesus could read their minds. He's like, why are you, why are you saying that I cannot forgive sins because only God can? He says, well, just so that you know that I am God and that I can forgive sins, I'm also going to heal this man from his paralysis. And he did. The man was healed and demonstrated to the people not only that, that Jesus can heal, but that the man's sins are forgiven. It was a sign that the man's sins are forgiven. So it's interesting. I'll say it again. This man did not pray the sinner's prayer. He had a heart that didn't even need to say words. He had friends that did the work for him. The man had a soul that was desperate for Jesus, desperate for Jesus to save him. And all he knew is that it was just Jesus and whatever Jesus could offer. That's what he wanted. So that's interesting on the salvation safari. That's stop number one. And we're going to keep going after that to see how did people get saved by Jesus? How were their sins forgiven? Because once your sins are forgiven, you're golden. You're going to heaven. When this man died, he had, he had perfect legs now. He was, he was healed. But once he died later on in his life, he was going to heaven because Jesus had forgiven his sins. And again, I'm going to say it again, not by praying the sinner's prayer. So this is stop number one on the Salvation Safari series. And again, if you want to know about, if you want to know more about Jesus forgiving your sins, you could just believe and take this man's, take this man's approach, or you can also refer back to part one of this series called Back to the Basics. And now we're going to move on to another, uh, another man who was saved by Jesus during his ministry before Jesus even uh, died on the cross to pay for the penalty of our sins. We're going to do that in the next part of this series in part three.